Welcome, I am Beverly Macy, and this is From PCs to NFTs. Today I'm joined by Natalia Aronovich, who is an attorney in the intellectual property area in Los Angeles. We're going to talk about all of the legal issues surrounding NFTs and intellectual property. Welcome, Natalia. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Beverly. It's a pleasure to be here with you and also an honor. <laughs> To being uh, interviewed by you here and exchange ideas with you, it's always something amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Natalia, NFTs are everywhere all of a sudden. We saw the, an explosion of NFTs, non-fungible tokens, really in 2021. And everybody got so excited about art auctions and in millions and millions of dollars and People from everybody from artists to musicians to photographers are jumping into the NFT space and the creativity is wonderful. It's so exciting and it's this new avenue. But there is the sticky little problem of intellectual property and that's really where your specialty is. So I thought we could start with what is intellectual property and why is it important for people to know about what it is and to pay attention to it? Yes, thank you. I think it's a great question. So I think that the idea behind everything first is that we have to talk about NFTs, right? So NFTs, they are not the, the creative process itself. It's not the end product. It's not what I'm selling. Okay. The NFT is just authenticating something. Meaning that exactly thing that I'm selling in the web, it's real, it's authentic, and I did it. But what is behind the NFT is an idea, right? An idea is protected in the legal world to intellectual property. Intellectual property means protecting your idea legally. So it's a legal term. And, but not all ideas can be protected. So it doesn't like just for, for the fact that I have an idea doesn't mean that the law protects it. It has to fulfill some requirements of the law to be protected. So the whole thing behind NFT is that people are selling ideas. They are selling an idea that turned into a digital asset that could be an image that I'm selling online, a digital painting, and I could sell like a digital sneakers, something, a product also I can sell online. And there, like I said, there are ideas behind that and how I'm going to protect that. So when we talk about IP, intellectual property, we mean ideas protected in the legal world, right? So what kind of ideas can be protected? First, if I have an idea that I express in a tangible form, meaning something I can touch or see, I have a copyright. Right. So the idea, let's say to write a book, I put the book, the idea is in my head, but when I put and when I write the book, that is in a tangible thing. So I can sell that idea, I can protect that idea as a copyright. A painting. Let's get out a little bit of the digital uh, world. Just think of a real painting. I can also protect that painting because it's an idea that was in my head and I put in the canvas, let's say, and I can sell that. When we talk about NFTs, what we are seeing is that a lot of digital art, right? So this digital art could be protected in some way to copyright if fulfilled the requirements. And, but one thing important here when I talk about digital art 
I think that we have to see if the concept of digital art fulfills exactly what is in the law, right? The requirements of the law. And the fact that I just have a digital art out there doesn't mean it's going to be protected. And one thing that is very important also when we talk about copyrights is that a copyright has to come from a human mind. And also the, there's the human aspect of it. So let's say I, if someone puts out an algorithm that creates, like, uh, I'm going to say digital word by itself, maybe that could, be, I think that could would not be acceptable as a copyright, right? Could be something else, but not copyright. So original ideas fixed in a tangible form of expression, like I said, they are protected by copyright. Then we're talking about books, pictures, drawings, paintings sculptures, writing, music, videos, and a lot of other things. Uh, but then I can have an idea of a name to protect my products or service and the things that I sell to the, like, to the internet or wherever, my products closing. And if I have an idea to name a product or a service, then I'm talking about trademarks. So let's say became really huge on the internet, the CryptoPunks. That was one of the first digital arts that are out there. They were bought through NFTs. And what are those uh, CryptoPunks? They're a digital image. So the digital image itself could be protected as a copyright because it's something in my mind that it's expressed in a tangible format. But let's say there is uh, I want to sell that to produce uh, to, to someone so they can make merchandise of that. They can sell a lot of things. So that becomes a product, right? And that could be also registered as a product. So what is happening right now is that a lot of companies are running to register new trademarks like Walmart and Adidas to sell digital goods because sometimes they don't have, they don't have protection to sell. They don't have protection to sell physical goods, but now they're selling digital goods and those goods are protected to trademark. So they need to make sure that they are protecting. So the third type of intellectual property are patents. What are patents? Patents are inventions. It's a process that leads to an end result. So it's a creation. There's something out there. I can use that for a purpose. There's like, it needs to be useful because I do not have an idea to create something that cannot be used. So uh, the technology of blockchain itself is a new technology. So that could be patentable. If I create something new, you know, that there's something that leads to something else. And finally, we have trade secrets. So trade secrets are the secrets of your business. Only you know and what makes your business successful. I cannot go, the problem with trade secrets is that I cannot go into some place to a government organization and protect it because I cannot register a trade secret. So you have to protect your trade secrets to NDAs, meaning no disclosure agreements. That you, because when you disclose it, you have to make sure that the other party is not going to use the information to, for themselves, right? A, a good example of a trade secret is the Coca-Cola recipe. Like how they make Coca-Cola, nobody knows. Then everybody has to sign a, a no-disclosure agreement to make sure that they don't share the recipe with someone else, like the formula, not the recipe itself, but the formula. 
So just uh, summarizing what we said, we have intellectual property that is ideas, like that you protect in the legal world, could be a copyright, a trademark, a patent, and a trade secret. Well, that is fantastic to hear all of that. And I love that you mentioned the Coca-Cola example. I always talk to my students about that in branding and in our business classes about the fact that Coca-Cola does not have a, tr a patent or a trademark or a copyright. It is really and truly a trade secret. So you mentioned, Natalia, the concept that companies are now big brands are starting to launch into the uh, digital world in, in a big way. We saw a major drop from Adidas recently, which was partnered with the Bored Apes Yacht Club, which is one of the biggest, uh, you mentioned CryptoPunks. Bored Apes are another big hit in the NFT space towards the end of 2021. They actually now have their own agent, Bored Apes, actually signed with CAA. Walmart, Adidas, Chanel, Louis Vuitton, so many people jumping into and large brands jumping into the space. Um, they must know something that other people don't know. They know that there are implications on ownership. And one of the key things about the Web3 environment is this concept of ownership that I can now own my own data. Everybody's very excited about that. And it's really motivating a lot of this NFT activity. But what are some of the implications of, number one, having your work protected, your ideas, your digital assets, or having them not protected? What are some of the advantages and pitfalls of understanding uh, the IP implications? Yeah, I think the web too was about information, right? Communication, I mean. Like exchanging communication, we saw the explosion of social media, people are communicating. And now, as you said, Beverly, the Web3 is about ownership. Right? I own my data. I own what I put online. There was a lot of copyright infringement uh, before because people did not have control of it. And but it's a good question when you, when you ask me about the, the, how I'm going to protect that. And in order for you to own the copyright or the trademark, you don't have to register anywhere. You just use it, right? The re but the registration gives you like uh, a proof of ownership to third parties. Okay, I registered this first and I'm using this first. And you have like several protections to the law. You can file trademark infringement lawsuit, copyright infringement lawsuit. And there's a place where you can register your ideas. If it's protected to copyright, you go to the copyright office. The process is very simple, like an um, individual can do because you do online and very self-explanatory. If you want to register a trademark, also you have to have a little bit uh, more of understanding about the codes and everything, but you have to go to the USPTO, the United States Patent and Trademark Office. And I think that's important because if you launch your ideas out there, how are you going to prove without protection, without registering someplace? How are we going to prove that that was like you created first? So I think getting protection first and registration, it's, a, it's something you should do before you do any project to make sure that, okay, to show to third parties, at least I have that. No, I, I was not. I, I registered, I, I created that. And that's so important because one of the terms in NFT that people are also excited about, and I think there's a lot of misnomer around, is smart contracts. 
you know, smart contracts are part of the Ethereum network and they're a program that can allocate certain kinds of activity. If something happens, something else happens, right? So you can build in, quote, a smart contract. And a lot of people, it seems, think that they are covered, quote, covered with the smart contract in the area of IP. And smart contracts do not talk about IP. That is not where they can be protected. I don't believe what can you say about that for us, Natalia? Yeah, I think the word smart contracts is, 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 is misleading. Why? Because it's not actually a contract, a legal contract. It's like a, con a legal contract that was codified in, in the software to make sure that it's going to be enforceable. So, of course, if someone, let's say, people, the, normally the smart contract is uh, related to my digital work that I sell to an NFT, let's say. And I want to make sure that I'm going to earn all the royalties every time to change ownership or something happens. So we have a license. But the fact that I can go online and, let's say, type my, my contract doesn't mean that you are protected because you, you need to know first why do you want to give it away? What the rights do you have? So you need to need a lawyer to help you prepare the contract. Then once you have the contract, then you can codify in a smart contract because they are not exactly the They are the contract, but what happens with the smart contract is it's guaranteed that it's going to be enforceable. So if some, someone's going to pay, let's say, that's something you don't have with the legal contract. You can draft a contract, but that doesn't mean the person's going to pay. Right? So I think that's, I think it's misleading, the word. <laughs> but it is, but it is, frankly, if we're calling small contract. Well, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to have this conversation exactly, is to really give people that heads up that, yes, there is this fantastic element of NFTs where you can build in some royalty splits or some special access to a particular concert if you're a musician or whatever inside of the NFT. And that's fantastic. But the IP side of it, the ownership of the intellectual property associated with the NFT is a whole different process. And having legal advice is really critical. And I think that's that was the point that we wanted to make, right, is that, yes, a smart contract is great, but it's not necessarily going to protect your ultimate idea and your origination of that um, idea. So many things are happening in this area. You and I briefly talked about this. I think it's Quentin Tarantino who is selling an NFT out of Pulp Fiction, the movie, the classic movie Pulp Fic Fiction from the 1990s. And the studio is suing him because they say he does not own the rights to it. So I don't know if I have that right exactly. And, and we don't want to get too deep into it, but things like that are popping up all over the place. And I would imagine we're going to see more of that. Would you, would you think so? Yes, because in this case, yeah, we, we spoke about that Kate Beverly. What happened is like when, I don't know, because I don't know the terms of the contract, but apparently Tarantino retained some of the rights. And the studio everything so like has some of the rights. So then came the in the the NFTs award. So is that a distribution? Is that the right? So it's a discussion between what each party has. And of course, he could he could create an NFT, sell sell the 
the the part of the movie, whatever he was selling. But that doesn't mean he owns the right on the legal side of it. It, it, it on the internet, the NFT show like you can see that he he is the one selling the right, but not necessarily like you don't do the 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 clearance of the chain of title to see okay what the really uh, he was the person who owned the rights. So you can have everything in this small contract, but you have to first check if the person has on does not have the rights. And that is a smart contract does not check that. Exactly. And so these are some of the things that people are finding out. And we're seeing this now uh, in the music space. There is a ton of activity of NFTs in the music space. And musicians are really, really excited about this. And I've been in some Discord rooms and on some uh, t- uh, Twitter spaces and conversations around this listening in. And I think it's super, again, it's so exciting for the creators, right? They get to finally have this avenue to earn compensation for their fantastic work. However, again, m- the rights associated with music, with da- who owns the master, da- what is the record company's liability or rights associated and finding all of that out and then moving forward is something people have to be aware of as well. Correct? Yeah, sure. Because one thing is like you write the lyrics of the song, right? Then you have one copyright. Then you have someone who performs the the, the song itself. That's another copyright. <laughs> So who owns what? You know, the fact that I'm launching my project on like on the internet and selling to NFTs, my songs doesn't mean I own that, right? Because there are other people involved on that. So and I think that's a very important point you made there. Yeah, people are all excited, but okay, you have to know what you are buying in the end because right now people don't actually know it. I don't think anybody knows like a COVID thing and that nobody knows what COVID causes. And like NFT right now, we're all figuring that thing out as we go. So I think we're going to see a lot of action. And also the courts haven't interpreted that yet in the United States. So that's, that's yeah, that's a good point. Say a little bit more about that part of it, Natalia. Like what would an attorney like yourself who specializes in intellectual property what we're, what are you waiting for, so to speak, from the powers that be in terms of establishing some kind of guardrail here? Yes, I think I think the first thing that I want to hear, maybe a court could define if digital art in the sense that it's created right now, where is actually something that could be copyrightable, because we, we know that our artificial intelligence cannot create co- uh, cannot create intellectual property. Right, something that is generated to algorithm code. Like there's a lot of discussion about that right now, but that's not what the law protects. The law protects the human, the creation of the human mind. I think there's a lot of things we are where like they were launched in 2021. Mostly people are paying tons and tons of like millions and millions of dollars to these. And I'm curious to know because First, if they cannot be protected to intellectual, the intellectual property tools that we have in the legal world, what are you buying? You buy a product. Like you're buying maybe something like a tennis shoes that is exclusive to you and nobody else is going to have it, but that's digital. You know, I think there's a lot of buzz around this, but we don't know actually what people are buying. 
It's a really good point. And this is the kind of the other side of the enthusiasm of NFTs, right? Is the cautionary tale of, yeah, really, we are all in uncharted territory. As a matter of fact, I find that even finding the language with which to describe this to others, I use this in teaching. I, I have a brand class right now, and we've talked briefly about NFTs. And even just talking about it generally, uh, the language itself is all new to us. You know, the idea that you can have ownership on the web and that you can have a digital asset have value and all these kinds of things are so brand new. So what would you advise someone going into the space who was looking at, I want to launch an NFT project. I have some amazing characters that I want to put out or some digital asset that I'm super excited about. What should they be, what should they do in terms of protecting themselves legally, in your opinion? Yeah, I think this is this. First of all, this is not legal advice. <laughs> right. Just like, because I think there's a lot of we are still figuring out. I'm not I like, I don't know where it, anything, everything about NFTs and technology on this kind of stuff. I, my background is intellectual property. And just for educational purpose, I think first, before you, you launch any project, you need to understand what you are launching. Are you creating uh, something that can be protected through, co through copyright? Are you creating something that is can protect it to trademark and make sure that you register your rights before you put that out there in the world to make sure that it's protected. So I, I, I was watching that program from the copyright office. It was, this program was from April and really caused me surprised that someone from the copyright office said that maybe those digital arts and are sold to NFTs might not be considered a work of like the work of visual arts that is protected to copyright. So she was saying like, I don't believe courts, but the courts have to interpret that, you know? So I think you have to first try to understand where you're putting out of there. I think there's a lot of buzz regarding NFTs and digital art. And I believe maybe that's the future because after the pandemic, everything became virtual. A lot of people stopped buying things and consuming it. So they need to, they need to create a need for the market. And I think NFTs are perfect because they fulfill what either the market needed, to like to cons like to buy things and pay millions of dollars and also exclusivity. I'm like, that's exclusive. But I think before you do anything, you, you need to understand and figure out if a lawyer and someone also from the tech <laughs> field that what, what are you selling? Why, why do you, why do you create it? No, what, what is just a product or is something that has intellectual property protected, you know? That's great. I was listening to a, a gentleman who goes by the handle of Spotty Wi-Fi. He's a rapper and he was talking about his NFT project launched with both traditional legal contracts as well as smart contracts. And he did exactly what you're talking about. He had the technical team and the legal advice kind of work together to cover everything so that everything that he's done is covered. And I thought that is a really smart, uh, a smart way to go. And that's basically what you're saying is no, number one, know what, know what it is that you're putting out there. And then number two, establishing those rights and being sure that you're covered legally. 
And the third part of it is that the law is still going to be interpreted. Whoops. Uh, sorry about that. The law is still going to be interpreted because um, yeah, we haven't f figured it out yet. We're still working on it. And the, law, and the uh, cases have to go before the court in, in order to determine what it's going to be. Natalia, as we kind of wrap up here, I would just love to thank you so much for being involved. And I do want to also say full disclosure that I am working on an NFT project. I'm working on a book and a whole experience. And uh, we've been talking about that and your your expertise has been invaluable. And I really want to thank you for that. Not in the form of legal advice, but in the form of just really helping to me to understand this marketplace and some of the ramifications around the legal implications. And I super appreciate that. Just wondering if you have any final words that you'd like to leave with the audience about, uh, you know, the, the world of NFTs and Web3. Yes, I think there's just one thing that we have, and I spoke about it, that I think it's very important. Because like you said, uh, there's people putting their projects out there, selling through NFTs. And if it's protected to copyright uh, or trademarks or anything, you have to understand because a smart contract may say, okay, I'm licensing my right to third parties, right? So you cannot license something or you can assign something. When you assign something and transfer the entire ownership, right? So let's say you make a mistake when you <laughs> check the box when you write your smart contract that you assign. Right. So a license is just, I still retain the rights, but I let our people use it. Even could be for commercial purpose. Let's say the, the Borat Ape Yacht Club that you mentioned, they let people, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, but they let people use their digital art for commercial purpose. So that's a license, you know? So you, you have to, I think you have to be aware of that. And that's the importance to understand exactly what you were selling because it, it's not protected to intellectual property kind of license. No, it, it's different. You sell a product. And I think that that's important. I think that's uh, my words here. And also I want to be, I want to thank you. Like you were such an inspiration to me. I think I help you, you help me. Like you have what you did with social media, educating people. I know you're educating people to NFTs. And I learn a lot with you because we are from different fields. <laughs> so you give me the knowledge I need to do the upgrade on my label knowledge. And that's that's amazing. I think the exchange we are having between ourselves, it's, it's great. And I want to thank you very much. Well, I really appreciate that, Natalia. And thank you again. Thank you for stopping by. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs>